As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. White Sox! White Sox! Go! Go! White Sox! That ball hit deep way back! Deep to the Holy cow! Carlton Fest has put the White Sox ahead! Jimenez leaves the ballpark! You can't put it on the board! Yes! We got a chance to do something real special. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. Well, last week was Harper Hysteria. This week, it's Manny Mania. As Manny Machado is in Chicago today to meet with the White Sox, the first trip on his free agent tour. It was also the day that his brother-in-law, Yonder Alonso, had a conference call with Chicago media, which is dripping with irony. Here on the podcast, you're going to hear from Alonso, who would like nothing more than to be White Sox teammates with Machado. Chuck Carfine here with my teammates, Ryan McGuffey and Vinny Duber. Uh, if you are questioning the White Sox seriousness about signing Machado, he certainly appears serious about signing with the White Sox because he is here, meeting with them right now as we speak. Yeah. I mean, like we've said before, these you can't have an interest without knowing the price it takes to sit at the table. The White Sox aren't getting away from that at all. As a matter of fact, I think they're kind of getting in front of it. You know, the idea that, you know, the, the leaked picture of, of Harper at the United Center, they weren't necessarily upset about that. Uh, today we had a camera out there to, to get the arrival. Not necessarily upset about that. I think they want people to know, like, hey, we are for real. Yeah. And... Yeah, this is I, this is absolutely real. Whether or not you think Manny's going to end up here, that's a, probably another conversation. But this well, is a hundred percent real. And I, the way I look at this, if uh, the White Sox had not communicated in some way their seriousness in terms of money, you know, Manny Machado, he's not coming to Chicago to check out the Christmas lights. He's here <laughs> to do business. Yeah, I mean, you can't be in on these guys without being willing to pay that contract, right? I mean, because then what's the point of being in on them? We very well know from following professional sports that the contracts keep getting bigger. They're not going to go down. And to be in on somebody, you need to be willing to pay that. I think the biggest takeaway we've had, all of us, from this offseason so far is that they are for real in this pursuit and that they are they at least very well seem willing to hand out a contract like that, you would have to be in order to get that guy here. I think that's the biggest takeaway from last week at the Winter Meetings, yeah. is that, that that verified all of the seriousness. I think we all walked away from that on Thursday going, okay, like uh, not only is it real, they're absolutely going to be in the final, you know, the final bidding, so to speak. Remember when Machado showed up at Guaranteed Rate Field this summer and all the Cubs media <laughs> boy, was boy, there? Boy, do I. Uh, yeah, all the Cubs media was <laughs> uh, there. And at the very end, I asked a White Sox question. Remember that? I do remember. And he kind of pretended like he didn't know what the White Sox were, but, you know, he, they were playing he, I don't think that he could understand the question because I had a, like, it was the last question. I, actually, I was beyond the last question from the PR guy, so I had to blurt it out. But a lot of people in the media, I think, interpret that, interpreted that as, oh, he doesn't, he's not going to come with the Sox. 
He wouldn't come here for a free agent tour. Well, he's not going to Wrigley, is he? As far as we know. Unless that's on the sightseeing trip. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to that because it's our understanding that he's not just coming to Guaranteed Rate Field. That he is doing a little tour of the city. Where do you think they're going to take Manny Machado? I mean, you're going to show him off to the, you know, look, it's not like he's never been to Chicago before, but the fact that he has his wife here. So all of this has to be done with the thought of you are moving your family here. Not, it's not necessarily about entertaining Manny as, a, as it is giving Manny the thought process of what it would be like to live here half of the year with you and your wife. And you're seeing it, and quite frankly, it's a gorgeous day. So the whole winter in Chicago is probably getting a better you know, even a better grade than it probably normally would. It probably stuff. is his first winter day in Chicago. Yeah, but, I mean, you're showing him probably a lot of the things that we don't like to necessarily partake in, whether it's, like, you know, Grant Park and Michigan Avenue is a very attractive when you have somebody's wife in town. Um, and you're taking him to high school. Look, Chicago's got great food. All the, all of these guys love Chicago for obvious reasons. There's great things here. But I, I'm going to say, I will say there's some kind of, Bean. I don't know if they're stopping at the Bean, but they're gonna. They're taking them. The through. Bean. Come no, on, get no, more no, creative no, than no, that, no. Gov. The Bean. I don't think they're stopping at the Bean. I said, but well, that's. I think what they're gonna do is they're thinking along what you said. Yeah. You're gonna live here. If I'm the White Sox, I'm finding the best, most extravagant penthouse apartment in the South Loop with views as far as the eye can see, and say to Manny Machado and his wife, if you sign here, this can be yours. Why do you have to do it in the South Loop? Who cares where he lives? Well, I'm just, just out of convenience and, give, and good views. You don't think they're going to give him the everyman treatment? What? A little dinner at Al's Beef. Afterwards, you go to Reggie's. We love Reggie's. Reggie's, go to Reggie's, for, Reggie's would be a beer. Reggie's would be a Rick, Rick Hahn has experience with Reggie's. He does. He does. You, I mean, you he have does. a nice Modelo or two, uh, the official beer of the Chicago White Sox. I think mm, it makes plug. sense. Plug, look at you. Well, what's the pitch? What is the pitch that they can make beyond the city? The pitch is obvious. They've been, we've been talking to Rick Hahn about it for more than just last week, you know, much earlier than that. It's the future. It's, hey, you have the chance to come here, be the centerpiece of the end of this rebuild, get Eloy Jimenez, Michael Kopech, Dylan Cease, Luis Robert. These guys come up and grow around you, and you guys are a championship contender for the next decade. I think that the White Sox believe that that's a very attractive pitch. And if the bottom line is winning, coupled with a big dump truck full of money that helps as well but if the bottom line is winning and you're looking into the long term yes. as scott boris talked about last week few teams are positioned as well in the long term as the white Sox. i think it's the best I, i'm not saying this because of, of homer or bias at all i've thought a lot about this in the last 10 days they have the like to me it is the best pitch when you look at the windows of opening across major league baseball yeah look the yankees are always going to be in their window never closes really the dodgers window never closes the dodgers are out on machado but the AL Central is up for grabs with really no other team showing you that they're opening a window any time in the next three to five he years. He has a better chance to make the playoffs in the Every AL year. Central than the AL East. The White Sox could have a down year six years from now and be 85 and 77 and, quite frankly, still be winning their sixth consecutive AL Central title. That being said, that Yankees roster is a pretty attractive one I guess full of superstars, too. And those guys are all really young, too. I mean, they, they, it's not like these are the Yankee teams of old where it's all veterans and they're all making a gajillion dollars. Now, that day is going to come eventually uh, sooner than it will for the White Sox with the Yankees. That being said, you can spend the next five minutes listing off players that the Yankees have that make that an attractive destination. Here's what you – I guess for, for those, these type of players, for the Machados, for the Harpers, how much do they embrace the spotlight? If you go to New York, you share that spotlight, quite frankly, with six or seven other people. 
here, that's your spotlight. I mean, maybe Aloy. And that's been his situation in Baltimore. Death, it's his spotlight here. And all the marketing, all the, it's all going to be revolving, at least right out of the gate, around Manny Machado. He'll be a part of that in New York, no doubt. Like he'll be one of, like that lineup will be an all-star game lineup, for real. But here, he comes here, he's, pro- like he's going to get the fan votes and all that stuff. I just don't know how much that's, imp- to me, I would think it feeds the ego. One right? more point, though, that is kind of crazy to say, the White Sox probably can offer more money than the Yankees can. Yes. Okay, now I was going to bring that up. So his schedule this week is White Sox Monday, Yankees Wednesday, Phillies Thursday. That's what we know. That was reported by Bob Nightingale. If I'm the Yankees, and I know that Manny Machado's dream is to play for New York, am I going to give him $400 million? No. How badly do you want to play for the Yankees, Manny Machado? I'm not going way deep and way high. I'm doing some negotiating. So if I'm the White Sox... If the, the White Sox, theoretically, by that scenario, should be offering more money than the Yankees. Yeah, they have greater financial flexibility. They have fewer long-term commitments than almost any team in baseball right now when it comes to the economics of it all. Yeah, but the Yankees are going to play that game. they got to play that game. It's business. Plus, all of these guys at some point, like Luis Severino's going to need a contract at some point. Aaron Judge, Judge at some point will need a contract. Obviously, Stanton already has a massive contract. So don't think that that doesn't – creep into the back of Brian Cashman's mind. Right. Well, and that's and that's what I that's the point I was just trying to make is yeah. at some point Eloy Jimenez will get a massive contract. At some I mean, point Michael Kopech will, but those guys are further off from that point than the guys that are even making be, up the Yankees yeah, right. Like now. you're talking about year 7 of the Machado right. deal. Mm-hmm. If it's like if, if it's easy just for argument's sake, we always just say I just say 10-year deals cuz it's easy to do the math that way. You just go, okay, well you're saying whatever, you know. You want to hear from Yonder Alonso? That was the other hook we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Because, you know, they make this it was a. I will say it was kind of a. The trade was like, huh? It was a little. I was a little baffled on over the weekend when the, they acquired Yonder, or Friday night when they acquired yeah. Yonder Alonso. There are multiple tangents to this. Hundred percent. You know, it's not just the Machado thing. Now, granted, Rickon said it's a baseball trade. I call it a sleuth. <laughs> a yeah, sleuth. Is that the right word? A sleuth trade. Sleuth baseball trade. Sleuth kind of means detective. I'm not really no, no, quite not sure sleuth. what you're going for there. But. Shrewd. There you go. There we go. I, yeah. I knew it started with an S. Yeah. It's a shrewd baseball trade for him to make, and it does give them some flexibility with the first base position because, yeah, they have Jose Abreu. They might have tried to get him to sign an extension. Maybe he said no. I don't know, but it gives the Abreu camp a little bit of pause by saying, well, look, if you don't you know, sign an extension here for, you know, a right price, maybe, well, we just have Alonzo for two years. It also gave them 48 hours to pick Yonder Alonzo's brains before Manny Machado showed up. Yeah. And what what is his wife like? Yeah. You know, what food does she not like? Maybe she hates steak. Okay, let's well, stay away from steakhouse <laughs> for dinner. All that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. goes into it. I mean, shrewd. Shrewd. <laughs> it's shrewd. It's a baseball move. We could talk, I, I love the, the baseball move. We could talk about the puzzle, but none of this matters. I think I tweeted this on Friday. I don't even know. To be honest with you, at this point, but at this point, everyone like looked into what it meant for Jose Abreu immediately. Like I know Phil Rogers, for instance, people were wondering if was there a trade in the works. None of this matters. You get you don't have to figure anything out until after the Harper Machado sweepstakes. Once that decision's made, then you can figure out split at bats for DH and first base between Abreu and Alonzo, where Polka fits into the mix. Look, it's mid-December right now. We're two months away from spring training. All that stuff is going to take care of itself. Yeah, well, judging by what Alonso said, how he spoke, uh, the media is going to love him. Love Fans him. will love him. 
Here's what he said. Uh, the first question out of the gate, by the way. First question. <laughs> Speaking George of Hoffman. shrewd. Speaking of shrewd. <laughs> I mean, he didn't even welcome to the White Sox. He's like, okay, down to brass tacks. Manny Machado, you're his brother-in-law. Talk. No uh, more questions. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even – Yonder Alonso wished us happy holidays after the first amazing. Machado question was asked. Right, so, so here, here so you're going to hear his first answer. Then later I asked him, what, what kind of role – might he play or might he not play in the decision-making of Machado? Because clearly he wants him to, you know, sign here and be his teammate. So here is Yonder Alonso on a conference call with reporters on Monday. We're definitely very close. Um, you know, we live three blocks away from each other here in Miami. And uh, I think it would be very, very nice to also be neighbors, uh, obviously, in the uh, in the south side. So, um I know he's very excited for me. Uh, his whole family uh, is very excited for me. And we feel like, uh, you know, it's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And, um, you know, he's going to do his thing. He's going to obviously uh, do what's best for his family. But we all understand that this is a, a very tight family. And, and we, we definitely would like to, um, obviously myself, like to play. Uh, at a high level and, and obviously reach the playoffs. But again, uh, you know, maybe maybe in the future play play alongside each other. Obviously, Machado has a tough decision to make whether where he's going to sign. As someone who's related to him and who's so close to him, how can you? I mean, how do you go about doing this? I'm sure you'd want him to be teammates of yours, but you also want to respect his opinion. So, what kind of role are you going to play in his decision, if any? Uh, going forward? Well, I definitely want him to be my neighbor. I'll tell you that. Um, you know, and I, I think that's no secret. Um, I definitely want him to be uh, by my side. Uh, you know, we have a, a really close relationship. Um, but, but again, I know I know he's going to do his, his thing, and I know he's going to make his own decision. Uh, you know, he's got his family to take care of. and um, but, but I believe that... that Man, what 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 better way to go and, and go to the playoffs and you know do some big things uh, together? But again, I, I think that you know that would all take care of itself. I think that you know him himself, he knows that you know it's whatever the best opportunity it is for him. And regardless of the situation, whether he obviously comes to Chicago or he goes elsewhere. Uh, I stand, you know, right behind him, and, and I'm going to be pushing him uh, every day to be a better player. Hopefully, just not against us, you know. And uh, but but hopefully he's he's uh, next to me and he's able to play uh, play well. Um, in free agency, often uh, dollars and cents is, is the bottom line. But what, as far as what you know about uh, Manny and your conversations from him, what what things would he be? looking for uh, besides that, or, or will it come down to money, in your opinion? Uh, again, I, I don't know. I think that's something you're going to have to ask him uh, eventually. Uh, I know that he, he wants to be a winning player. Uh, he wants to obviously set a legacy for himself as a winning player, as a, as a guy who you know does big things in the playoffs, as, as we've all seen. Uh, you know, I think uh, a lot gets uh, mishandled. Uh, but, you know, this guy had a really good playoff. He had a really good postseason. And I think, uh, obviously, the sky's the limit for him and, and his family and, and you know, anywhere he goes. Okay, I think, uh, obviously, given the, the playoff situation, it was it was a little bit overblown. Uh, we're looking at a player. Uh, we're looking at a, 
a family person. We're looking at a player that makes and wants to be better every single day, uh, a guy that, that pushes everybody. Uh, you know, this this guy shows up every day. Um, you know, I, I joke around with my teammates, and I always say a good teammate is uh, obviously 330 and 100, but obviously that's messing around, and we know that what this guy does, I know what he does uh, off the field, on the field. When he shows up, he shows up ready to play every single day. Uh, he gives it everything he's got, and at the end of the day, it's about wins, 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 wins. And that's all he wants. He wants to obviously be together, be a, a teammate, be a good teammate. Um, you know, I know that, that here in his past uh, playoff, things were overblown, I believe. Uh, you know, but a lot of people don't don't see the, the things that nobody can see, and that's inside that clubhouse, how he gets ready, how he prepares, and then, you know, bringing it every single day, every night, uh, and making guys better every single day. You know, this guy plays hard. Um, you know, he plays really good defense. He's, he's been a platinum uh, glove winner. Uh, and, the, and he obviously we all know what he what type of player he is when it comes to the offensive side. So to do all those things, you got to play hard. You know, you got to go out there and give it all you got because there's so many talented players out there that that play the game very hard. And for you, you know, obviously, and on a personal level, to win those awards, and on a family level, seeing him every day working out and seeing him train and seeing the way he goes about his business, it's an all-out type of guy. So I believe that that he's that type of player. He's a he's a player that obviously be the a face of a franchise but not only from from the a field standpoint but from the stuff that that most of us don't see or most of you guys don't see which is uh uniting people and uniting players and, and become all, all at one all right then there's also those johnny hustle comments you know who was hustling to meet him today rick Renneria. <laughs> <laughs> ricky ricky's boys don't quit he was he, showing the hustle. He didn't quit and get into the front door, that's for sure. If you haven't seen our exclusive video, there is Machado with his wife and agent. They're arriving at Guaranteed Rate Field, and they're not out of nowhere. Here comes Ricky Renteria showing that, you know, 0-60 to 60 speed to, uh, to greet him as he was arriving at the park. That was nice. I've told Vinny this many times. I think it's the most overblown piece of information. And I know he said the, I, I know the comments he made during the playoffs. We saw some of the, the things he did. Timing was awful for him. And he, you know, he made an idiotic comment. And others have spoke for him, said, yeah, you know, he'd like to go back, including himself. He said, I, I probably shouldn't have said that. When he signs with whoever, let's say it's the White Sox, there's one thing you can't argue about Manny Machado is that he plays every day. The guy is on the field. It's the one thing you can actually look as a red flag for Bryce Harper. Manny Machado plays. 162, 162, 159, those are the games played. Does he, if we're going to sit there and critique and every guy that runs 90 feet or, or, or runs 80 of the 90 feet, then I think we really need to take a hard look at all 25 guys. You're correct. And, and I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think that those comments were ever going to affect the, the kind of contract Agreed. that he was going to get this offseason. Right the, the thing that remains interesting about it is that any other team with any other manager it is not as interesting a storyline because Ricky Renneria made such a habit of benching guys for doing exactly that throughout last season. And he did it to veterans. He did it to young players. 
I don't know. It's a complete hypothetical. It might never happen because if Manny Machado comes to the White Sox, he might bust it down the line every single time because he is committed mm -hmm. to what he tells the front office, what he tells Ricky Renneria. It's just an interesting situation. All right, coming up on the podcast, more from Yonder Alonso, his thoughts on uh, Jose Abreu and sharing that role with him and his friendship with him. And then uh, we got to talk about Buster Olney's report. Uh, saying that the White Sox might have be a more measured and modest uh, approach to signing Harper or Machado, uh, what that really means, what's going on there. And then this scenario, the White Sox signed Machado and Harper for 10 years, but you, Ryan McGuffey, you, Vinny Duber, me, Chuck Arfine, have to spend a month in solitary confinement for it to happen. Would we do it? That was a question by a Sox fan. We will address this next. Ricky's boys don't quit, and neither does NBC Sports Chicago's coverage. Download the My Teams app by NBC Sports and get your White Sox anytime, anywhere. Right, we're back on the podcast. So Buster Olney uh, bombing people out <laughs> after a week of winter meetings uh, exposure that the White Sox were in on Harper, in on Machado. Big time, and only reported the White Sox won't sign either to a record-breaking contract and described the White Sox interest as more measured and modest than, quote, unquote, frenzied. So uh, I have some thoughts. Guff, how do you interpret your shaking your head no? How do you interpret that report by Buster Olney? Very respected baseball man. Million-plus Twitter followers. I just think he's wrong. And I'm not saying that because— I don't think he's wrong. I think he just got information that he reported that might be— That's, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I just don't necessarily think— like, if you just read that, of course it should bum you out. These players are getting record-setting contracts. Sorry, that's happening. So the White Sox, we, talk, we just talked about, we opened the podcast with this. They're not sitting down at the table to make an insult towards someone. The way I interpret this is you have a lot of gamesmanship going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Agents, teams, players, and stuff gets leaked. Why do things get leaked? Remember how in one day in the winter meetings we heard that the White Sox were uh, didn't think they were favorites to land Harper and Machado, and <laughs> later that day, day they yeah. were the front runners. And then two days later, Only's got this story. There's just there's negotiating. There's a, there's a poker game going on in the boardrooms and in the public setting, like the media. And we have to kind of be a filter and figure out what is really going on. So I just looked at that as yeah, that was. Maybe someone trying to drive the price down after the price has been driven up. Agreed. I mean, there are some things. I, I do think, though, we'll be, I think the White Sox are measured. I don't think, and I'm not, this is not speculation. This is just what I, I'm saying from people I've talked to as well. I do think that they are uh, measured because I don't think you're going to see the White Sox get into this bidding war with anybody. I think it's going to be, here's our offer. There's going to be a firm understanding of what that is. And it's going to be a very, very good, like maybe the best in terms of longevity and number. It might take some walkaway moments from both people where both parties have to put the phone down for a while and find each other again afterwards because you're not going to see, you know, it's not going to be a live auction where it's 400 million, 425, 450. They're not doing that. They're going to be, here's our number, this is what's known, and we move on. Now, you want to call me back two weeks from now? I think the longer this goes on, it helps the White Sox. I really do. Because other teams have things they have to address, like the Yankees and Dodgers. I also just think at some point, like if the White Sox have the best offer, you know, the guys who are going to be prickly, like Scott Boris, and the agents who are driving the price up and trying to get the most money may have to call Jerry Reinsdorf back or Rick Hahn back and say, you're right. 
like your offer is the best yeah. and maybe we should start talking again for real well i'm sure i'm just i'm guessing that scott boris wanting to get the price up for his client uh with the say yankees dodgers whoever it is said to uh what was who was it, it was uh jim Bowden. by the way the, the white Sox are the front runners so nobody's send, a front runner right send now. the message out to you know, the Yankees and Dodgers and Phillies, they, they got to come up with a better offer. Chuck, I think you're completely right. We, there's a lot of information we don't know about yep. what's happening behind the scenes. Yes. Uh, I will say this. Why is being measured a bad thing? Shouldn't huh. you want to be measured when you're making a decision of this magnitude? Being frenzied is, quote-unquote, well, spending... It was measured in modest. Modest. But, it's, but we all laughed when the Phillies said they were going to spend stupid. There's, I mean, that's... There's nothing... By the way, there's nothing modest about $300 million. Um, right. Also, <laughs> that's true. That's true. The one thing about Buster's report that kind of raised my brow, I guess, a little bit was that he said it won't be a record-breaking deal. And I just it don't... It has to be. I mean, I just don't... Like, I just don't think that's true. Unless Bryce or Manny take a deal that's, you know, three-year with an opt-out, and that's I mean, how they get to the Dodgers. Like he they're takes 26 a, years old. I know. Old. I'm just. It that's has the only, to be. It could be like a three for 120 to the Dodgers because that's the only thing they can afford. And he really wants to play in my in LA and, and become a free agent again at 29. That's the only type, like non-record breaking. It'd be. It'd still be record breaking in a way because it'd be the highest annual. But I. That's that was the that was the part of the report that got me to kind of go. Uh, that, that, you know, the modest and measured, I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with being modest and measured in this. And the, the thing, too, is, I mean, I know a lot of attention went to that Buster-only report probably because it came out after everybody left Vegas, right? Yeah. Or after most of us left Vegas, I should say. Oh, yeah. uh, a little nugget there. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but but that's not the first time we heard something like that, right? I mean, you just brought it up, Chuck, how many times we heard that, you know, oh, report, maybe the White Sox don't think they're the favorites. Report, maybe... Uh, they're the front runner. Or, or maybe uh, Rick and Kenny have certain parameters on what they right. can do or not. So I think we've heard a lot of those things from both sides, both good if you want the White Sox to land one of these guys and bad if you want them to land one of these guys. Uh, I think it's probably going to continue that way until they make a decision. All right, so I uh, do this column called the Sox Drawer where I uh, answer questions from White Sox fans. And Vincenzo, his uh, that's vi- that's- Twitter hashtag is Vincenzo's house, <laughs> Ask me this question. Scenario for the great Garfine. By the way, thank you for calling wow. me great. I'm hardly Is that bad. like the great Gazoo? I guess so. Sox signed Machado and Harper for 10 years, but you have to spend a month in jail. Solitary confinement. Would you do it? So I retweet that saying, would anybody out there do this? Here are some of the responses. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, 95% of Sox fans who answered are all in on solitary confinement. Uh, Vinny Paris says, I'm not the hero the White Sox fans deserve, but the only one they need. 100% would. <laughs> Gary D, put me in till opening day. <laughs> Jimbo says, January in a private cell to return in time for a hype spring training and season. Sign me up. AJ says, where do I sign up? Uh, Luis, I volunteer, exclamation point. Jay Rue says, I would do it in a heartbeat. No questions asked. And then I'll keep going. See you in January. Uh, yes. I mean, it just goes on and wow. on and on. Sox fans. The commitment. So the question was posed to you. You want my answer? I do. Uh, I want my sanity in place. So the answer to me, to you guys all is hell no. <laughs> I'm not going in solitary confinement. I've got these guys lining up. They can do it for me. Guff? Harper and Machado. Both. Ten years. I'll go to solitary. Come on. No, listen. 
you should learn. You're talking about these deep, dark roads. Maybe it's thirty. Maybe it's thirty days to really dig out all the crap that's in there. I did some. Know? I did some digging. Maybe. You maybe know it's, what solitary it's thirty days means? of mental health and mental hell as well. Okay. You need to Google solitary, I know solitary confinement. confinement is it's right. not just you there by yourself for 23 hours a day, one hour of sunlight with a bed and toilet and a little bit of daylight. Uh, we, bed. I, uh, we use quotes yeah. with the bed. There's there. other stuff that goes on. So this is... So, <laughs> you know what I'm really? saying? Elaborate. So, so, so these, are, these are prison conditions then. So I don't Beyond get, prison. I don't, get, I don't get music. Nothing. I don't get movies. Nothing. Oh, then, no, then it's no. a hard no. Yeah. If, I got mu- if I got music, uh, some entertainment... Then may come out a little chiseled though. Oh, y'all. Oh, Vinnie Duber chiseled? Think Andy Dufresne in Shawshank Redemption. I've seen it. That's exactly where I go and to. multiply that. I'd crawl through 500 yards of you-know-what <laughs> to come out clean on the other side. <laughs> I might do that. 500 I yards? I would climb. Yeah, let's I do would, that. I would, 500 yards of human waste. Waste. <laughs> I would do that from a child. To come, out clean, to come out clean on the other yes, side. Yes, no. You would do that? No. Do you see how many times Andy Dufresne puked during that? I, 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 there's how long no is that going to take? There's 500 no- yards. That's five football fields, Morgan Freeman would say. Uh, and there's no way you're keeping your mouth completely You're in a tunnel co- that's in that basically one. the size of it, – it's, it's a coffin. It's a coffin. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just 500 yards long. It's pure black. Okay, You don't get the Andy Dufresne flashlight. You have to get to the other side. Oof. And as Vinny said, it's at least half full, yeah. which means as you're scooting and yeah. bouncing around, that splash is going to be tough to avoid. Yeah. All right. Well, would you do it? Would you do that? 500 yards of that or 30 days in solitary? Yeah. 500 yards of that. He's it's going to take you a while. It's roughly going to take you a night to do, right? Eight hours? I'll take one bad night versus 30 days in the hole. Well, uh, you may have 30 oh, bad that's, nights after that. That's a that. great Humble Pie song. Uh, <laughs> you also might have 30 bad days after that, That's too. what I'm saying. You're going <laughs> to get sick. You're going to get sick. It's not just the one night. You know what? If it guarantees Harper Machado, you got a long life. If, some, if, if one of those guys were to back out, maybe I'll sign me up there. I'll, I'll be somebody's backup. Someone said uh, he would do it if he got season tickets. I would assume the Sox would give you season tickets. Look, if you're only doing this and the only thing is to make sure your team has two guys and no one ever sees from you, you're sitting in the 500 level for the rest of your life? Here are more answers. No. As long as the, the month is in October, as long as it's during <laughs> the offseason, uh, yes, I will serve the day after the Bears season is over. Uh, I mean, there's so many of these. I would do this for sure. If I get a special patch on the jerseys for all 10 years recognizing <laughs> my service, then hell yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the White Sox could work that out. <laughs> so good stuff, my Sox fans. All right. Harper and Machado, correct? Yes, okay. both of them for 10 years. Yeah. And you'd be responsible. The man or woman responsible for hopefully multiple World Series titles. If Look I could have Morgan made. Freeman's voice narrate as I crawl <laughs> through the 500 yards, I'd maybe do that. All right. <laughs> And finally, let's hear from Yonder Alonso and his thoughts on Jose Abreu, his friendship with him. Uh, they're going to have to be friends. It'll help to be friends because they're going to have to split positions there, first base and DH. Here was Alonso on the conference call today. I know we have uh, Abreu there who's an incredible leader, an incredible baseball player. He's a very talented person, not only obviously on the field, but you know in the clubhouse and outside. I mean, we, we keep in touch and I know he's helped out a lot of guys, and I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the band-aid where I can go and and really help out and and you know go to work every single day, and and at the end of the day, it's just putting W's on the board. Me and me and Jose, we've had a, a really good relationship. I actually met him uh, the first time I ever met him was on a flight. We we're all, we we're, his family, my family, were on our way to spring training, so 
uh, we we had a chance to talk, had a chance to meet, and then our relationship has taken off ever since. Um, you know, obviously him being Cuban and myself being Cuban, I saw him play a lot in uh, in Cuba. So for me, uh, it's just do everything that I can to obviously uh, learn from him um, and, and get to work, uh, compete at a high level, and I, I think eventually that that will you know me and him will work itself out. Uh, learn from each other day to day, and and you know what a, what a great player, what a what a he, he's one of those those guys that obviously in in the Cuban world you look up to as a you know the the head guy in, in, in the Cuban game, the Cuban baseball. So I'm really excited to to be with him on a daily basis. I'm excited to obviously um, get our relationship even even better than what it's been. Um, but then again, there's so many other guys that I want to get to know as well. Um, you know, and, and the new comings of, of guys uh, this year, I, I'm just, I wish spring training was tomorrow. And, you know, we're ready to go. I'm ready to go. I know he's training. He's ready to go. And we're all pretty excited about the situation. All right, so what do you think about what Alonzo said there about Abreu? Yeah, well, I mean, it, that sounds great. It kind of sounds like the White Sox are getting another Jose Abreu, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, Rick Hahn talked glowingly about Alonzo's presence in the clubhouse, his leadership abilities, you might kind of be seeing a, a replica of, of Abreu and what he's been able to bring off the field. I will say this, and I don't know if you guys agree with me on this point or not, but bringing in Alonso to split time at first base in DH, Rick Hahn talked about the benefit maybe of getting Abreu off of his feet. As Abreu gets older, maybe they maybe they really want him to be around for this uh, transition from rebuilding to contending. If they want to sign him to a con- contract extension, a good way to preserve him and preserve that production is maybe not having him play 150 games at first base every year. Yeah, and with Alonzo, I think the one thing we learned today in terms of media that's really never dealt with him before is that he is going to be that go-to guy in the clubhouse that might take a pre- might take – Jose Abreu may learn some things from that as well. Obviously, he only speaks Spanish, and he needs an, uh, Billy Russo to interpret for him. But I think taking that off his plate too is not having to be the face of everything as well and let – I was going to say Edgar Alonzo, like he's Edgar Martinez. But uh, – let Alonzo take some of that and kind of show some of these young guys the way. Plus, it doesn't hurt to have a lefty with some pop from the, you know. Yeah. He, in 19 career games, he's got a 293, 361 split at the at guaranteed rate field. So he has had some success there. Obviously, a limited sample size, 19, 20 games. I like, I, the more I actually educated myself about the move after Friday night finding out late, I kind of like it. I kind of like it a lot now after hearing the conference call. And I think he's going to kind of provide Things that he's ter- and the other thing I learned, like I really loved, I feel like he's wanted to play for the White Sox since the day they drafted him, or yeah, not the, the White Sox drafted. The White Sox were interested in drafting him. Yeah, Gordon Beckham, they picked the pick before him, correct? He was a bad He even player. referenced it on the conference call. He's like, yeah, they this they it, missed him by a pick. It might this, have been. Yeah, well, and Rick and and Rick Hahn said too that they had been scouting him since he was in Miami, and so, right, he right. he was aware of that. He brought it up in the conference. I love that he even threw Gordon Beckham's. He knows Zach Collins brought that up. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that they're all kind of neighbor. When I say all, meaning Manny Machado too, they're all in Miami together. So he knows Abreu. He can reach out to Abreu today if he wanted to and meet up for lunch. Yeah. And the two can start talking. I love that he's like ready to go now. Two years ago, his numbers against. Uh, righties was really, really, really good. Uh, he, he fell back this past season, but um, that's something I'll be watching. If you look at his, if you go back and look at his career, his yeah. numbers, you, it's kind of like really good, Alonzo. Off year, Alonzo, really good, Alonzo. Off yeah. year, Alonzo. We're good. We're due for really good, Alonzo. Yeah, we're not going to see him against lefties too much if that's if that trend continues. But against righties, there's a whole lot of righties in baseball. So that, I'll reiterate what I said before. In, until Harper and Machado sign, we can figure out where the puzzle 
fit how, how to fit the puzzle together yep. later. That's the way I look at it. Okay. It's gonna be a wrap. Oh, by the way, Machado started his meeting at 1.40, mm -hmm. and we are taping this at 4 p.m., and as far as I know, the meeting's still going on. Well, I mean, look, building. you're not going to have a guy in for an hour right. unless you're not – I mean, they met, with, they met with Harper for five right. at his place. I'm just saying, I'm just giving Sox fans an idea that this is still going on. They might already be at the Shedd Aquarium by now. Good point. Ah! We have some Big fans of the out Dolph there. We would have known by now. Big fans of the Dolphins. See? Yeah, love the Dolphins. That's a wrap for this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast, brought to you by Wintrust Community Bank, home of White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Go to the special White Sox webpage at www.wintrust.com slash Sox. Hawk Harrelson, it's all yours. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois.